Um, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. You see how I turn, uh, turn my fucking That's podcast so voice on? <laughs> oh, my God. I had to, like, slip in it like, all right. Um, welcome to the Crybaby Podcast, where we invite funny black folks to talk about a time that they've cried today. I'm sitting with the very funny, I always say very funny. The That's hilarious. Good. That's okay. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Layered. Mm-hmm. Comedian. Writer. He's got a graphic novel out called Hello, My Name is Poop. I can't believe you remember that. That's great. Of course. We talked, like, I don't, you know, we talked about that. It was like two hours ago that I brought that up, but mm-hmm. I was like, he'll never remember. Oh, really? That, you're all, That's great. Oh, yeah, man. No, it's important, so I had to remember it. I would, you know, as we talked, I was like toggling. I was like, is it hi, my name is Poop? No, that's not. It's got to be hello, my name is Poop. You that seems it. a lot more formal. Formal, which would therefore set up uh, more jokes later. <laughs> uh, it's got a graphic novel out called Hello, My Name is Poop. Ben Katzner. What's up? Pulled up. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Yeah? This is great. Good. My voice just changed. I don't know what happened. I got into yeah, like a sexy, smoother, like yeah. raspy, like, hey, like you know, we out of here. You know how it is. You know, yeah, you know it. Yeah, Come check out Hello, my name is Poop. Uh, <laughs> it's for the ladies. Yeah. Um, what is, I guess, without giving too much away, what is the, what's it about? Uh, it's about this kid, Will Poopay, uh, mm-hmm. who uh, gets poop-based superpowers. Uh, I wrote it, I guess I wrote it in 2021. It came out in 2021. Uh, Vault Comics, their kid in print. I don't think it exists anymore, but... Uh, they hit me up like, would you be interested in writing a graphic novel? And I was like, sure. You know, I've never done it before. Yeah. Sure. And then I went through some steps. Eventually, it actually worked out, got published, and like, it was pretty cool to see this one. That was like my pandemic project. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's my, also my credits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a kid who gets poop-based superpowers Kind of learns the responsibilities that comes with that. Kind of learns how to be a better person, better friend through that. You know, he's an outcast, and now he's got to, you know, you get, he, get, he gets bullied and shit, and he's got to learn how to deal with that without being the bully himself. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. And it's for, like, middle grade readers generally, but if you're into, like, graphic novels, comic books and stuff, it's got amazing art. Um, Ian McGinty and Fred Stressing to the artwork and the colors and they're awesome so you gotta check it out I would highly suggest hell yeah it's ten dollars it's not a big deal dope everybody go buy Hello My Name Is Poop by Ben Katzner where 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 um you know I would I, I would suggest independent bookstores like you can you, there's like a you can look online like where's the nearest independent comic book shop or whatever do that but it is also at like Amazon <laughs> like Barnes and Noble and stuff yeah. so like get it wherever I don't yeah. care yeah, you don't give a fuck Get it, get it to a kid. Kids love poop. If you got a kid between the ages of like seven and like thirteen, they're gonna love this book. Like, even younger, honestly. Like yeah. they, I promise you, your kid will like it. It's fun, and I promise you that it's that it's that thing. It's that thing where everybody now is like, well, there's also jokes for the adults too. Yeah, but that's also true because I'm seventy five years old, yeah. so <laughs> you'll like it too. But it, it just it was a fun thing that we got to do and. I think that uh, a lot of people worked really hard on it, and uh, I want people to see it. Word. Poop is one of those things that is enduring. It will never not be funny. Truthfully. You know, sometimes it's not funny. Sure. Like, 8 a.m., I'm just trying to go to work, and I got to dodge a pile of human shit. I don't love that. Not hilarious. (laughs) But in like three days, when you reflect on that, yeah, yeah, yeah. hilarious, yeah, yeah, definitely hilarious. You ever have one of those? Sometimes, sometimes I play uh, New York Bingo, where I'm like, "Oh, I saw come on the subway. Mm-hmm. I saw shit in a stairwell. I saw a guy pissing on another guy in a hallway, mm-hmm. or whatever." Or like very recently, I had one where it was like, I saw piss, shit, vomit supposedly come i didn't taste it mm-hmm. uh it's the only way to know right all all on my way to work so like before 8 a.m damn i was like oh and blood it was blood was one of them and i was like this is not normal this no. is not how we're supposed no. to live no you see maybe two of these things on a on a bad day yeah. you should see like three of these yeah. things right and they don't belong to you yeah and they're not yours yeah 
But seeing all oh, consecutively, man. it was just like, oh, I don't know that I could ever have a family. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. God, this place sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Also, that was your pandemic project? That's crazy. My pandemic project was learning how to juggle. Yo, that's way better. No. <laughs> Truthfully, that's way cooler. Yeah. Because people well, people ask me, like, oh, so you, like, drew all the comics? It's all like, no, I just wrote the words. <laughs> people don't care that you wrote the words. They want to see the other stuff. Juggling's three like oranges a, in the air. Juggling's harder than people think. No, people think juggling's pretty hard, right? So. But it's also not. I can't do it. And I can do everything. You can learn. It's crazy. I tried. I remember doing the, in, like, uh, elementary school. We started with, um, like... Not tissues, but like these little, it's like tissue paper almost. You like throw it up. Oh. And then they're like, now we'll do two balls. And you're like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. And then they're like, a third ball. And I'm like, I'm out. Mm. Third ball, I'm out. Three balls. It's, I, I implore you to revisit it. <coughs> okay. Yeah. You're a coordinated man. If you're imploring me, I will revisit. Yes. Only, only a, a, a medium, a light to medium uh, implore. <laughs> Indubitably, I do think I will. <laughs> yeah. <revisit. laughs> yes. Be juggling in no time, Sonny. <laughs> um, all right, dope. Uh, and you're feeling okay? Like, how was your, how was your week? Uh, my week is good. Um, I, so I am a comedian, but I also still have a day job, so it can get kind of stressful. Yeah. I'm working. I, I'm an office admin. So it's not, that in itself is not stressful, but it does take up a lot of time. Time is the big, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I realized there were a lot of days this week where it was like I left my house, my apartment at, um, I don't know, let's call it, let's call it seven thirty, and uh, which I should, which is late. I should be leaving at like seven, uh, and then you know I get to my job and then I don't go home. So like. You know, I pack a bag with me, whatever, and then I get home at, like, midnight if I'm lucky. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes a little earlier, sometimes a little later. And I'm just like, damn, I can't keep doing this. Like, this is, I can't keep doing this. Like, I will die. Yeah. Um, but when those days happen, I know they're happening because it me- I'm busy, so that's good. That is good, I guess. That's a good way of, it's a good yeah. perspective to have. A lot of times, I'll try to come home. I'm married, so I try to come home to say hi to my wife and, like, hang out, eat dinner, whatever, and then I'll leave right away, yeah. which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks, like, it's an hour track from where I work to where I live, basically, and then I got to be like, okay, we have 30 minutes, like, I guess we'll eat and watch Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not the same without Alex Trebek. <laughs> is this even, what are we doing? Who is, uh, is it Ken? It's Ken, and then it's, um, sometimes I think it's, what's her name? From Big Bang Theory. Yeah, Miriam Bialik or whatever. That's not her name. It's close to that. But yeah. um, I used to have a really fun joke that I feel like got dated pretty quick, where I was basically talking about the state of the world, and then like a thing I would say, I'd be like, we don't even have a new Jeopardy host yet. Yeah. And then they hired them as soon as I started feeling uh-huh. about it. It's like, fuck, man. The industry doesn't care about me at all, you know? Um, but yeah, so it's been a busy, busy week, just running around trying to do stuff, trying to be productive, and then... On the weekends, I'm like, like you, you know, you're editing stuff, you're doing all this stuff, and like, I'm trying to edit these clips. I'm trying to, I just uh, headlined back in my hometown a couple months ago, and I'm like trying to, so just like a 15 minute chunk of some of the jokes there. I want to put it out, and like, yeah, it's not a special, but it's just like a thing I'm putting yeah. out that has a little more production value than a clip on Instagram. That's taking up time. I'm working on another graphic novel, so I feel busy. That's yeah. how my week is. I'm sorry. <laughs> what happened? No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I just woke up. Uh. <laughs> oh, I blacked out. Um, that's good. I mean, being productive in the right ways, I think, yes. is important. And, yeah. having, and having the right perspective about how you spend your time. Yeah. I used, when, I had a job, <laughs> when I had a job, I used to get really down about the acceptance that I spent like a, eight hours a day doing something that I couldn't care less about. Right. And now that I don't have a job and haven't had a job for, like, about a year mm. and understanding I need to get a job again, I think, like, I've acknowledged when I do get a job, instead of complaining about the time you won't have, even though it is kind of shitty, understand that, like, do that well, it's done, like a clean shit, and then have the discipline to focus on the stuff Yeah, that's important to you. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's kind of like... 
I've heard someone say this before, but like, be where you are. You know what I mean? So like, exactly. I try, and th- I think this is actually. If you would have asked me two weeks ago how I was feeling, how my week was, I would have had a less. I felt kind of shitty because I was fucking up at my job, mm. and uh, and then you start getting mad. And you're like, I don't even care about this. Like, why do I? What? This was. Yeah. I didn't move here to be an admin. Yeah. But then they're like, you know, people are asking you, they're like, so, you know, we want to help, we want to help you move and develop, and like, literally, someone was like, talking to me, and they're like, you know, nobody wants to be an admin there for like thirty years, and I'm like, honestly, if I could get that kind of job stability yeah. and then do comedy, like, yeah. that'd be great. They don't like, they don't even know I have this like second life. Like my coworkers know I do comedy, but I think they think it's like a fun little thing I do, and not like the thing I want to do. Yeah. So they have no idea that, like, if I'm on my phone or something at work, like, if I go to the bathroom, I bet they think I have IBS because I'll go to the bathroom a bunch. But I'm, like, just on my phone, like, tweeting out a clip or something. You're, like, just, like, editing or being, like, sending out emails and stuff in the bathroom while I'm at work. And I'm, like, oh, shit, it's been 20 minutes. I guess I got to go back. (laughs) Also, I am taking a shit. My legs are numb. Yeah. (laughs) So, um it is frustrating when, like, that falls, like, I feel like I was losing that balance a little bit of, like, yeah, go in, do the work, and then come out and do the other stuff. And um, So I was doing better on the comedy side and feeling good about personal relationships and stuff, but then my work was suffering. Yeah. And then I'm like, fuck, I can't even, we can't, if it's very like Thirty Rock, Liz Lemony, but I'm like, yo, I just want to have like, can anybody have it all? Why can't we just have it all? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm a white lady in her forties or whatever. But it it was one of those things where it was just really frustrating. Where I was like, oh, cool, a step forward in the career path that I want, and then like, oh no, two steps back in the thing that I do to pay rent. Yeah. And like, oh no, am I in jeopardy? Is it, am I gonna lose this job? Um, I spiral pretty quick. I think when when things go wrong, I I'm very quick to be like, well, I'm gonna get fired, or like this person hates me, or whatever. And I think it uh, I think it boils down. <laughs> Sadly, I think it boils down more to like, oh no, they're gonna be mad at me. Yeah. Than like, oh no, I'm gonna get fired. Yeah. I think that'd be the th- the worst part about being fired. I think would be like being embarrassed about being fired or something. Which I don't know why they already fired me once and then they brought me back. Oh, for real? Yeah, they like, cut my. That's the thing I gotta remember is like in the pandemic hit, I was a temp, right? Yeah. And they let go of all their temps, and then, but they were like, we do have this open position that we think you'd be good for, okay. and like something else. So like, but someone there was like, yeah, fuck this nigga, like yeah, they didn't exactly. care at all. Uh, but there, are, luckily, there are a few people there who do are good people. That is that, I I. Uh identify with that fear a lot of like oh what if they oh but if I do fuck up like what if they don't like me or like what if I lose my job like there's obviously the financial aspect but there's also the like need to be uh, either like liked or like not inconvenience anybody or like uh, the fear of yeah the fear of like uh, being known as someone who isn't reliable. Yeah, um, that's real. Yeah, the fear of like, oh, because there's reverberations for you there, right? If you get fired, it's like you have to yeah. go home to your fucking wife yeah. and be like, hey, uh, I got fired. Right. Uh, things might be bad for us financially, which is something I really don't want. Right. And then you have to bring that to her. And that's a kind of like reflection of yourself. Of like I'm not, at least temporarily. Like I'm not the kind of person you can rely on financially, and that's scary. I don't want to be that person. Yeah, and I think I I've been thinking about this a little bit. I I was raised. So this is twofold. So one I think is I guess it's probably important to say I am adopted, right? So uh, uh, get him out of here. We want traditional family structures only. Um, so I have a hard time, one, I have a hard time relying on people because, like, you know, f- every, when you're a little kid, everyone's always like, well, your parents will always be there for you, whatever. Mm. I was like, well, yeah. actually, <laughs> boy, do I have a lesson yeah. for you. Um, but two, so, like, my adoptive parents, 
I'm good with my mom now. I have a strained relationship with my father. We have no relationship, but mm-hmm. we have all this other shit. But when they were co-raising me, whatever, they were they were very much like, don't rely on other. They were like, if you go to a friend's house, don't eat. You know, spending the night was always like a big ordeal. It was yeah. always like, I don't know, whatever. Like if someone, I remember someone, my neighbor took us to like a movie once, and it was like a. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I get to go to this movie and like they paid for it and all this shit. And I like my parents just weren't into that. They never wanted other people to they never they never told me why. I've heard other parents be like, you know, they don't want it to be like they have something over you or whatever. But yeah. like my parents just hated when other people would like take care of me or whatever. Which is hilarious because I'm like, you, you guys didn't. weren't taking yeah, care of me, but whatever, you know. Yeah, you know, you know how parents be sometimes. Well, is that like? Do you think it's that kind of? You don't want to be in debt. Yeah, don't I don't want. Anybody? I don't want to be in debt to anyone. I don't want to. I have a hard time being vulnerable, yeah. and there's almost nothing more vulnerable than having to go to someone and be like, like well, "Can you do this for me?" I yeah. mentally and physically need your help. Yeah. Like I need I financially needs you to carry me and mentally I am going to be a burden on you. Yeah. Hopefully you still like me after this. Yeah. You that's, know, it's a tough one. On I have a um I have a little whiteboard in my room and I had a very depressive episode, maybe like it was like a couple months long and I dip in and out of it was this one was pretty rough and I was like uh I sp- I had this kind of realization that I kind of need to constantly check in where it's I think I spent a lot of my life, I've spent and I'm trying to spend less of my time living in fear, mm-hmm. in fear of stuff. Sure. And I was standing on the corner of 150th in Amsterdam, standing in the sun. It was like eight in the morning. I was like, I need to get outside and get some sun. And I was crying because I was like kind of understanding like how sad that was of just spending all my, spending a lot of my time living in fear of things in fear of like um you know if people don't like me or in fear of being a burden on people in fear of uh you know putting my priorities first or whatever so i wrote down i have those fears on like a little whiteboard just to kind of remind myself and one of them i i added recently was to ask for help Mm -hmm. the fear of asking for help i do yeah and there's and it's there's so many layers to that shit where it's like as a man you're supposed to, there's this kind of, you know, projected idea that, like, you're supposed to have everything figured out. You're, and if you don't have it figured out, you're going to figure it out on your own. As a black man, to be, like, just to be this kind of indestructible um, person who doesn't need to rely on people. Me, personally, growing up, grew up in an ecosystem where I felt the need to figure shit out on my own because the people who I would normally look to for help couldn't provide it so i guess it's similar to like how your parents you just didn't see your parents as like your parents first of all taught you not to ask for help and like put you in situations where like even though you needed help they were like you can't right do that and then i assume at some points in your life your parent like when you actually needed help your parents didn't like provide that on some level yeah it's kind of weird i it's this weird thing of like so I have jokes about this, but so adopted by white people, mm-hmm. but poor white people, yeah, which is like, insane. It's funny. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Like, <laughs> like they couldn't get a loan for like a house. Yeah. How do they get a fucking a human? Uh, but you know, they did. So a lot of times, at their best, they did the best they could, right? But they weren't always operating at their best because they're human beings, and like, shit happens. And I found out now. Um, Man, I, it pro- it probably is like a buzzworthy term or whatever now, but like truly, they're they were dealing with generational trauma. Yeah. So and then on top of that, poor, and then on top of that, like you know, struggled with like mental health stuff too. So like the window of where they were like co-parenting at like top level was so, so small. small. <laughs> like I so. Yeah, like, I was like, I probably can't always go to you if I have a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And like, maybe I could go to one parent, but not the other parent. But then the one parent was kind of like poisoning the well with their advice. Be like, you know, you go to your mom with this. Like she right. would say X, Y, Z. And then like, you, you know, go to my mom. She'd be like, you know how your father is. Like whatever. Like depressed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was just a weird dynamic, and uh, I think, but at the same time, they literally did save my life. Like, this is a thing that I've said before, like, I, don't, I guess I don't really know what my life would have been, like, as a kid, as an orphan, essentially, for a little bit. That's not maybe the technical term of orphan. Like, I had, my birth mom had me, the father wasn't around, she already had a kid, she put me up for adoption. I don't know what my life would have been if these two random white people from Minnesota wouldn't have adopted me. Yeah. And uh, this is another joke, but I wasn't their first choice for adoption. That's fine. It was just hilarious. <laughs> I randomly came across the kids they thought they were going to get to adopt. Three Korean kids. <laughs> they <were in> a <laughs> completely, not... completely different way with uh, it, which no. is so fun. And That's I'm like, funny. I mean, I guess he's different. We'll yeah. take him. Um, so, like, they did save me, but, like, I don't know. It's weird to be like, th- adopting a kid is like something you very much need to be prepared for, and it kind of felt like they, w- I guess they weren't. Right. But you know, I have an older sister, and then I have younger siblings, and like, they kind of figured it out, I guess. I don't know, not really. But it, I never. I, now I feel like I can go to my mom for stuff, but not necessarily that she'll be uh, always able always be able to help yeah but just that like i actually she won't like blow up if i go to her and be like oh i fucked up or like i need help with this or i've been thinking about this or whatever you know like before if something if i met if i made a mistake like you know my mom struggled with some stuff so i'm like i don't know you're gonna hit me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know uh right that like that kind of dice roll of right. like, how will you react? Right. I don't know. I know how bad it can be. Right, right. Which discourages me from even yeah. approaching you. But credit to her, I know she, like, she worked really hard on her mental health. And like, we're now in a place where like, neither one of us are perfect, obviously, but like, our relationship is way better. Yeah. And uh, she's a good, I think she's a good person. She's been through a lot of shit. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, I have a graphic novel. It's called <laughs> Hell in uh, Good deflection. I like that. I like that. I kind of forgot. But yeah, I guess I... So that was what I was raised in. So I try to be... I'm very like self-reliant. I try to be self-reliant with the understanding that nothing I've done has been on my own volition. Like, I, whether it's progressing in stand-up, whether it's mm. getting a job, whether it's, you know, being in a relationship, like other people help get me to where I am yeah. and help build all these things. Yeah. Uh, but I am like, I'm appreciative of that, but I can't lean on that. I can't more honestly, I can't count on someone else to always bail me out of a thing. That's right. how I feel right. right or wrong. That's just how I, yeah. that's my default. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, dude. It, and it's weird. Like how many people I meet who are, because of whatever circumstances, like, especially in comedy, they were kind of like, I got to do this on my own. Well, but that's also what we're taught. Like, you're, you're, if you do something on your own now, it's like, uh, applauded. It's lauded. Like, people love you. Like, oh, you built that, the industry wasn't messing with you, so you built that off of your bootstraps or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not a yeah. phrase. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you had bootstraps and then you built shit on top of them. You, and you hit the woodpecker on the back and got right to it. <laughs> yeah. like, what? Like, what? You could just say whatever. Huh? Uh, so, like, that is like, we love that. We're like, yeah, you went outside the box and did your own thing. But I think in our heart of hearts, a lot of us are like, Man, it would just be so nice if someone swooped in and helped us. Yeah, it's lonely. That yeah. shit is lonely. Yeah. It's lonely, and it's hard as fuck. Yeah. It's tiring. It's exhausting. Mentally and literally physically, you're, like, spending a lot of time doing shit where someone who has, like, maybe the financial means or just the random support or whatever is, like, they have, like, five people to help them with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or so. at least, like, feel like they have five people. Because sure. there's a difference between like having five people and feeling like you c- you may have five people who who are willing to help, but if you can't ask, sure, then you don't have any. That's that's very true. Yeah, and that feeling is very it can be very very lonely. 
to feel like you can't. Yeah. Um, and to get over that, like, get over that fear of asking, that fear of being, like, being vulnerable, that fear of, like, reaching out and maybe the disappointment of not getting the help you wanted. Sure. Um, is, like, very difficult to get over. But it seems like you're working on working yeah on it. i think working on it is fair yeah i think it's you know some days i feel like i make a lot of progress i think honestly this is fucked up but like <laughs> the days i make the most progress are the days where i feel like i am um like manic almost yeah like it's not dude that's like self-diagnosing but like if i'm having a bad mental yeah. day and something just snaps and i'm like i'm never gonna make it i'm never gonna do anything I'll send the most emails yep. I've ever sent in my entire life yep. straight up. I'll be like, oh, I can't do this clip right now. I got this. No problem. Whatever. Okay. Uh, like, who should yeah. I talk to? Um, <laughs> Joe Rogan, can I come on your podcast? <laughs> like, people I don't even like, I'm like, mm, I don't know. Andrew does clay. Like, what, do you need an opener? Like, I'm just out here. Um, what a random reference. I don't know why Andrew does clay came in. Um, but I am trying to be better about functional not being in the worst place mentally and still pushing forward and when i accept people's um help when i accept their compliments even like a small thing of just being mm -hmm. someone being like hey i think you're i think you're good enough to do this you should you know submit or talk yeah. to this person or do this um generally the worst thing that could happen is just like i just don't get a response exactly. and that's sometimes i just go and be like no nothing's gonna happen from this and that's okay yeah but I did it, and that feels good, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Word. Yeah, man. Um, it's time. It's time. Hit the music. There's not... This is the first time I've built it up this much. Yeah. Um, and I like it. It feels good. So it's time for you to tell me about a time... Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's time to tell me yeah, about a time. Time. What is time? What is time? What is time? What is time? Huh? What is time but a series of moments strung together? It's a construct. It's constructed. <laughs> it ain't real. I actually like this. Yeah. I actually like a radio show. Like I, I picture you as like a late night DJ. Yeah. Like, ladies and gentlemen, what is time? <laughs> On CD 101.9. What's even the point? Yeah. But coming up next, we got Lauren Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is everything. <laughs> what, what is even the point? Here we got Stevie Wonder's superstition. Right now, it's time for... My sponsors are telling me it's time for me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Play the hits. What is that? Huh? <laughs> we don't have free will? <laughs> well, here's Will Smith. Uh, here come the men in black. Is that the song you pictured playing? What's what Will Smith song would you play? Oh, uh, Welcome to Miami. Oh, that's a great late night DJ song. Yeah. Fuck. It's okay. We'll cut it. Cut this out. Yeah. We'll do the riff again in like five <laughs> minutes. And it'll be fine. Um. Okay. But actually, would you like to tell me yeah. about a time that you've cried? I will. Oh, thank you. I think wouldn't it be crazy if I was like actually. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we, we've been talking for like two hours. We I have know. enough. We have enough. That's so funny. Um, no, it's fine. Also, people need to know that what's so cool about this podcast is we're not doing this in your apartment. Is that no. okay to say? Yeah, 100%. So, Dan, Rosen. your friend yes. and comedy partner, I don't know. He's very good at comedy. He's very good at comedy. We're in his apartment. Mm -hmm. We've been here for two hours. And him and his lovely girlfriend, what? Sydney. Sydney. Fiance. Fiance. Have just been in their room while we do this, <laughs> which is maybe the coolest thing anybody could ever. It's like, very, that's very, wild. very, very nice of them. And uh, he's a nice boy, he's and a good he boy. allows us to do this. It's so nice. It's almost like I should stop rambling on and maybe get to the point. Yeah, because uh, time is a construct. Irrelevant. I'm going to tell you. Okay, so the last time I cried. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the real last time I cried, and then I'm going to tell you the most important last time I cried. Bonus. The last time I cried, I actually cried from laughter. Which is for, I've never, it's been a very long time Ooh. I'm going to do this. This nice. was like last week. This is the first, this is the first uh, like crying from something positive on the podcast. Yeah, I, I wanted to put this out there 
Actually, they're all positive. Oh, hell yeah. But I wanted to put this one out there because it just hit me in a way where I was very shocked. But um, I was at a comedy show, Comedians You Should Know, in uh, Greenpoint, Williamsburg, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Wednesdays, great show. James Austin Johnson from SNL was on, just like dropped it into the mm-hmm. show. And he did this like seven minute bit of, where he just did like this accent of a, um, like a senator from Nashville or something. And just like this impression, and it was so. Fu- I just. I don't know if I was tired. I don't know if I was sad or. I. F- I think I felt a little weird about comedy. I maybe got like a bad email that day or something, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I just need to see why I like this again. And he just randomly wasn't. I don't think he was booked on the show. Just came up and did this thing, and it was so, so, so exactly what I needed. That I. It. I've never had this happen. I truly, truly, my sides hurt. Damn. It was a side-splitting laughter. And I was just like, oh, I'm cramping. I'm cramping laughing. And, like, tears streaming on my face. Uh, my friend Max Fine was standing in front of me, great comedian. Yeah. And uh, he he was also tearing up. And I was, like, tearing up laughing, like, at him tearing up and us laughing at this guy. And then, and I, I don't know, I'd never seen him do stand-up really before. Yeah. And it was just so crazy. There's, like, a... It goes on so comically long, and there's a part in it where he's, I'm going to butcher this, but he's, like, signing a document, right? And you know how they always have, like, kids behind them and shit? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. oh, the, he, the bit's about, like, signing a tradition, traditional lunch into law or something. Okay. This won't make any sense unless you see it. I'm ruining it for him. If it ever is on a thing, I'm sorry, but it's funny. Um <laughs> And then he's like, lunch should be at 3.59 exactly, <laughs> whatever, something like that. And then he's like, starts fake signing the thing. And then he turns around and is like, you notice we've got a bus busload full of ethnic children behind us or something. And I lost it. It was like something, I was just like, how does your brain even get to this point? It was so unbelievably funny to me and exactly what I needed in that moment and I had to walk out of the room because I just couldn't I was hurt I had to stretch physically and I was cry laughing and just like scream shouting laughing um, so that was the last time I cried yeah but I also don't want to come on this podcast and give white people that kind of credit sure so the most influential times I've positively cried um the se- second most recent is also my wife. If my wife watches this, yeah, I cried at her wedding, but we're not going to talk about it. I don't care. You don't care. You know what I did. You know what we did there. <laughs> you uh, know what we did. That was probably the that was probably the most cathartic cry I've ever had. Huh. It was weird. It was like a real. We got married. So I got married in September of 2022. Yeah. And someone told us after, they were like take five minutes for yourselves and just be together. And we just got married. We walked in this little room and uh, I, I cried like my homie got shot in like a nineties gangster yeah. movie. Like I was just like, oh my yeah. God. but it was like good. It was like a, I don't know. We both cried. It was awesome. After that, the next time. And I think this is important. I cry. I notice I cry a lot at what I would call black excellence. Okay. In real life. Now, people might disagree about what I'm about to say. Is are, qualifies are, as black excellence? But I saw Death of a Salesman. Okay. And uh, have you ever seen The Wire? Yeah. Uh, the guy who plays Wendell Pierce, I think his name is. Bunk oh, from The Wire. Uh, yeah. He plays Willie Loman in that. Oh, shit. And it was sick. It was, it was the most depressing play I've ever seen, but it was beautiful and perfect and everything I needed. It's so depressing that genuinely when i left i was like it, it makes the thought of like committing suicide feel pointless that's how depressing it was whoa i think that's actually kind of part of it uh they kind of touch on that but yeah so there are these moments in this so it, the cast is mostly black which is not what death of a salesman normally which, is yeah it's definitely not, yeah, what yeah, not I'm sure intense. the guy who wrote it arthur whatever is like rolling in his grave or whatever yeah. but um, but that makes it so much better because, like, to me, I really relate to that struggle, you know. So he's a, he's a, like, door-to-door salesman, mm-hmm. 
And you could easily look at him and be like, oh, he's like a aging comedian or something. Right. I could so easily project myself into what he was doing and the struggles that he was going through. And like, I mean, this man, the delusion that he was going, that he taught himself that is passed down to his kids that, and then you have the, the his wife slash the mom, like she's the one, you know, a black woman holding all this shit together, really like being there for her husband, who's a fucking dumbass. And her kids who are just like, they're not bad kids, but they're just, they're kind of all, they're all living a lie and that's a disappointment. They're not disappointments, but they're living disappointing lives. And she's just existing in the middle of it, taking care of them, taking their trauma. And I think there are two times I cried at this play, right? One, Willie like gets home from a long road trip. In which later you find out. Can I? I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna. Yeah. People, you, this shit's old. It's old as fuck. And you can't see it on Broadway right now anymore. So read it. Yeah, but he gets home. He's cheating on his wife. Yeah, and he gets home, and they do a thing where he like crawls into bed with her. He's so tired. Like you, this man. Early on, you're like, well, I mean, you know what the play's about, kind of. But like, like, oh, this is a man who's got very little left right he's crawling into bed and she just like holds him and uh starts scratching his head and i'm like the amount of times that i've literally gone home and had my wife like scratch my head or whatever i was like fuck that 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 just like hit me in a way where i was like that is some of the realest shit i've ever seen in a fucking play in my life and like it's such a little small moment but, like, you know, he's too tired to even, like, take his shoes off. And she's there, like, trying to make him feel good and all this shit. Um, which was beautiful. She was amazing. Sharon something is her name. I don't know her full name. Sorry. She's probably doing all right. Uh, she's on Broadway, and I'm watching her. She's fine. Um, and then, in the play, he's there's a couple other moments. Like, one where he's talking to this boss. He's been in this company for like 25 years, 30 years, 40, whatever the fuck it is. And like, they're, they don't care. Nothing matters. It doesn't matter that he spent all this time. This is the only thing he identifies as a salesman. Right. He, his whole fucking thing is, I am this, the world's greatest salesman and I will, you know, fucking, everybody knows my name from New York to Connecticut or whatever, which, yeah. you know, not, not that far. <laughs> not that far. <laughs> but it was, it was a different time. Yeah. And um, and they're like, yeah, and they're phasing him out. They don't care. He won't take money from his friends, which is like, this guy's like, let's take my fucking money. Like, why are what are you? Why is it a big deal? And then he, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, yeah, why is it a big deal? Why can't I? Why, <laughs> why can't, can't I you do this, Willie? And then the last part that really got me was, um, he just makes this realization that he's. He's worth more dead than alive. Like, I, I can't remember if there's like some insurance payout talk yeah. or whatever it was, but yeah. like, that's like a seminal moment in the thing where he's like, he kind of decides like, oh, I'm like, I might kill myself. Like, I'm gonna kill my. Well, he's also trying to kill himself throughout the whole thing. Yeah. But he's like, okay, if I do this, like, they'll be better off without me, type shit. And that's the way they pointedly like center in on how fucked capitalism is and how it fucks us up and how we are so much of our identity is filtered through the lens of capitalism and how that ruins so much like they think their kids will fuck up because he he's like works on a ranch in montana or something Mm -hmm. and it's like no he's free he's actually the free one yeah he he doesn't have any like you know maybe he doesn't have the drive or whatever but like he's technically doing what I think we should all be doing, right? But then they force him into this mold, and he goes down this weird path. Their other son is this like, you know, he's flashy and he's just a womanizer, and he gets that from his dad. They don't even he barely even realizes why, but he gets it from his dad and all this shit. And it's just like for what? Like you're just dying alone. 
just you know you want all these fancy dinners you want all this stuff like who are you trying to impress what's even the point of this you know but he dies with a woman they go to his they go to his fucking funeral and um i think maybe one of the last things that's said in the play is like a lot of a lot of attention is like trying to make house payments trying to make pay the bills or whatever and she's like i like she's like i just made our final house payment or something so like it's done yeah the thing he killed himself for would have been taken he waited a little bit longer taken care of and so i'm just like this is crazy insane yeah and that's a poor retelling of what it is and i'm still sitting here like god damn yeah it, that was crazy. But to me, watching those people in those moments, so this, there are sad moments in the thing, but watching them excel at this play just, like, got me. Mm. I, was, I was sitting there, and, like, a little tear rolls down, whatever. Um, that happened when I saw Aladdin. I've seen two Broadway <laughs> plays, Aladdin yeah. and uh, Death of a Salesman. But Aladdin the Genie was black. Yeah, I was going to say. that motherfucker just... was just, woo, girl. Just, I loved him. Yeah. I thought he was so good. Mm-hmm. And there was a little part of me where I was like, this is fucking cool that I get to see this. And, like, to me, that's, like, the Aladdin cry and the death of a salesman cry are the same thing. Because I'm watching, I'm like, I love that I get to see this. That's so awesome. The third, this is where I think people might be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I saw Kendrick live uh, last summer and when he played All Right. That was, I was like, what? Yes, this yeah. is it. This is, this is like I am seeing like someone. You know, people already feel a particular way about him. Obviously, he's very good, but like I'm like, oh, I am seeing someone like the height of their existence, and like all these people are here, and he's literally sitting here telling us like we gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, that was heavy. I like that. Um. Don Glover and Madison Square Garden. Okay. <laughs> That's the one where people, I'm sure people are like, what? Word. But you got to understand, like, to me, so he's a he's a weird kid from, he's from Stone Mountain. I, yeah. was, I was born in Atlanta, but okay. um, literally born and then moved Shit. to Minnesota, like, very quickly. But so he was, like, a weird kid from Atlanta, or from Georgia who, uh, you know, I've always kind of identified, like, his early comedy, I was like, this is what I would probably be if I were in New York at this time. Like, I get it, whatever. Yeah. I've always just really, but, but I've, musically, as he's grown, like, I've really appreciated how he's grown as a musician and uh, truly built himself into, like, a like a pop star, movie star. Oh, insane. Like a, like a... From, yeah, from Derek comedy videos. Crazy, right? To, yeah, to where he's at now. To where he's at now. Atlanta is an amazing, like, Truly, I was like, I can't believe this is on TV. Yeah. This is fucking amazing. So to see him, to like really, in my stupid mind, feel like, yeah, I've been there a lot of the steps on the I way. I feel the same way. Okay, yeah. good. That makes me feel comfortable in yeah. saying this. So I saw him, we saw him at Madison Square Garden. Um, this is pre-pandemic. I don't remember exactly. Maybe 2019. And um, he like, trans. it felt like at a certain point, he transfer, transformed Madison Square Garden. It felt like we were in a spaceship. And, like, not that's not what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. It just felt like we were no longer on Earth. Yeah. And he had taken us all to this new realm, this okay. new place, and literally was, like, ascending us into his vision of what the world should be. And I was like, that man is free. Yeah. I thought free. Yeah. Doing exactly what he wants in, like, this place. And, like, obviously, no, that's not 100% true. Like, if he would have went past 11, he would have had to pay an extra $125,000. But in that moment. In that fucking moment, I was like, I am looking at the freest black man in the world, which is not, it's just how I felt. Yeah. And it really was like, I can't believe I get to see this. It, I felt so lucky to be in that moment that I got to see someone actualized. Yeah. From inception until... You know, maybe they're pinnacle, maybe not. But like, I was like, I can't believe I get to see. It. And I'd seen him, I'd seen him like two or three times before, mm-hmm. but never like that. 
it was so cool. And that's when I was like, okay, I guess I'm just, I guess this is a thing I do. Like when I see like talented black people, like I will lose my mind. Yeah. That's fun. That's a fun little category of emotion that, uh, that only we get to experience. And I'm sure other, like, white people aren't like, oh, white excellence. <laughs> I mean, maybe they are. <laughs> Do you think so? <laughs> there are definitely some who are like, oh, we got another one. Yeah, you know? Oh, Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> or whatever. <sighs> R.I.P. 40 presidents in a row? Yeah. Yes! Oh, Charlie XCX. Is that right? That was the wrong number. Whatever it is. It's... What was, what was Barack Obama? 40... Oh, that's, that's why I didn't go for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the, yeah. The, that's it. The when I when I get to personally experience uh, black excellence. Oh, before the pandemic, I think it was Leon Bridges. We saw at Rockwood mm. Musical, full, brought in like a full first line. So like that's you tight. know, that's how they entered. Yeah. And then this motherfucker, and I'm pretty sure we all got COVID here, but he. Brought in a um, piano player, 18-year-old kid who was blind. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm watching the next Stevie one. I mean, this is weird and probably not cool to say, but, like, you know, like, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder. But, like, he was that good. I was like, this has to be what it felt like to watch those guys because this kid is a child, and he's – tearing up the keys and i was just sitting there and i was like i can't believe i get to see this yeah. uh so it was a pattern those those were the first two donald glover Leon bridges concert and then later i do like feel you on the watching someone either like be excellent or so um absorbed in like the moment and you get to watch someone like excel yeah. at being so incredibly like present in this performance yeah when you said you got to watch him be free i was like yeah that's the that's the thing free crushes me yeah. free like really because yeah. that's what that's what i want that's what you want and i i feel so far from that but yeah. like you see it and you're like i know that's obtainable and like maybe it, I'm, people are very afraid of death i'm not afraid of death because i do Kind of see it as freedom. Yeah. I don't want to die painfully. I agree with you. Okay, we we yeah. we agree. Death Kay. is uh, a definitely a freedom, a release from just whatever. And the fear I think comes from the idea of not experiencing something that is everything you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you let go of that, then I think a lot of the fear gets to dissipate. And I mean, maybe I don't know if I'd call it luck, but I have had the opportunity of like that shift in perspective where it's like, oh, death is not something to be afraid of. It's just something that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's just a change. And the scary part comes in like, well, what does that feel like? And it's like, well, you're never going to know. So don't worry about it. But the free thing, yes, death can also be viewed as a release of freedom from... Ultimate freedom, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, without I, knowing what's going on, yeah. in my mind, I'm like, it's the ultimate freedom. Yeah, And like... I'm, this isn't me being like, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And people get... People but if I do, uh, take this clip. Use yeah, this yeah, clip. Yeah. People, and people get weird, you know. People yeah, get weird about thinking it, or when you talk about death in that way, because it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, scary. Yeah, but I just feel like... I mean, this isn't an original thought. I don't know why I keep... I keep, like, qualifying and stuff. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm doing that, but... Yeah, life is suffering mostly a lot of it there are good points there are things that happen that you know they're good because suffering exists exactly for sure so like to be free of that doesn't feel bad to me yeah but to watch someone be free is kind of just like i don't know i guess it's like you know how they call orgasms little deaths or whatever mm-hmm. watching <laughs> that was my little death it was yeah. like watching you know donald glover know what it was i can't remember the song it was like this is america or something <laughs> something horrific probably yeah, shirtless <laughs> knitted weird pants chinos or whatever and uh just but i was like you are doing exactly what you, no one in this moment can tell you what to do you've sure you've choreographed some stuff you know the words to the song but you could do whatever you want in this exact moment and everyone would be like that's the exact right thing yeah 
that's I that's a the most freeing thing I could possibly think of. Yeah. You're doing what you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and no one no no matter what anybody says, they can't budge you from being in the in the center of that moment. It's just like some cosmic occurrence where it's like everything is how it's supposed to be for you. You and I here's the thing that I not even suppose. You're doing what you want yeah. to do. I think there's a little bit of difference. That's the only reason I bring it up. I just think you're doing, you wanted this thing exactly. Yeah. And to feel, dude, and seeing someone, like, I can imagine being the person, like, viewing that and being like, I want that. Mm-hmm. I want that so badly. But I was so happy for him. Yeah. It wasn't it's not even, like jealousy. No. It's not, it's just like awe. Yeah. And being like, there's like a, a, a gratitude that you get to witness that. Yeah. And like witness that with the acknowledgement of like this is what I think on some level everyone wants. Everyone's chasing like that feeling of like of being like their most self in that moment. Yeah. Like this is exactly what I want to be doing, and I'm doing it at the highest level I can possibly do it at. And that's it. And that's it. There's no like thinking about later or before. It's like here, I'm at my fucking, you know, apex, my apogee of like, I'm at the platonic ideal of who I perceive myself to be, of who I want myself to be right now. And no one can budge me from that. That shit is, it's almost like spiritual. It's truly, I was in my mind, I'm like, it's like if we were like a village, you'd be like watching someone ascend yeah. into something else. Some Jesus shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I, yeah. And I want that. Like, as a co- you want, want that. that as a performer, as a comedian. As a person, I want as that. As a human, yeah. I would, if I could just find, if I had personal freedom, you know, if I never find success in entertainment, um, but I felt I was living a life that was free and what I wanted to do completely, that would be special. Yeah. So. And I think for some people, and we're getting the, you know, existential kind of like, Buddhist principles or like, you know, Ram Dasian, you know, uh, verbiage and dialect. But yeah, like, I think to live a life like that, like to of the of that moment, I think it just so happens to look that way for for him. Sure, of but course. But that kind of that kind of freedom can exist in many planes and many levels. Yeah. You know, like a, you, know, you could be a farmer and just wake up every day and be like, oh, this is what I want to do and I'm doing it and I feel present and free. Like, I want that. It just so happens that the thing I want right. to feel that about is comedy. Right. Which is wild. Or getting my toe sucked. Well, or, that's fine. yeah. Yeah. Free, free me by sucking my whole toe. Please. <laughs> Will that free you? <laughs> Feels like it. Only one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Get in there. I mean, Yeah. Do you think you're, when do you feel like you're the closest to that? I don't know. I feel so far from it most days. Um, I know I should say, like, when I'm on stage, mm-hmm. but, like, that whatever that feeling is on stage is so fleeting. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, the minute, the, like, truly the further I get from the stage, like, exponentially, I feel like whatever joy I was feeling goes away from that mm-hmm. or adrenaline or whatever it is. Maybe, honestly, I feel the most free. Man, I can't believe I'm this person. Uh, there are little moments with my wife that yeah. I feel pretty free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I love her and I trust her more than I trust pretty much anyone. Not pretty much. I trust her more than anyone. Yeah. So, like, we are free to be ourselves in those moments. There's always, like, a little no matter how much you love a person, how much you care for a person, whatever your bond is, we are still two separate beings. So, like, mm-hmm. there's always, like, that filter of, like, there's probably stuff in here that, like, I would, she just doesn't, she'll never experience. She can't experience what's what's in my head fully. Um, I don't know that anyone can, but. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's possible. So, so that's what is kind of weird about being, like, I'm most free when I'm with this other person because then they're, like, well, shouldn't that moment be almost exclusively just on your own or whatever? But I don't know. It's it's definitely with her because it's not on stage. Because no. on stage, I'm like, 
even if I'm having a good time, this this has been happening lately where like um, you know I'm trying to run specific sets or whatever, mm-hmm. and in the middle of a set, like even if it's going well, I'm kind of like, oh, it's going well, cool, okay, I gotta be present or like, wait, well, it's almost like an out of body experience where you're kind of like. Not even like, what do I want to do next? Whatever. I'm like, okay, this is going pretty well. Hey, maybe this is a tape that you want. Maybe this will work for whatever you're trying to submit to. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then like you, you're like, oh, nope. Yeah, you you got to get back to your body. Yeah, you take yourself kind of out of it. Because that's not freedom. Yeah. And then you get, you know, you jump back in the middle and then you're like, they don't even know you disassociated for yeah, like exactly. 30 seconds. Um, so yeah, it's with my wife. That's the answer. Yeah, get this out. She can't see this. (laughs) No, but that's... I think there's a lot, like... Because it is true. At the end of the day, you are two separate beings. And, like, so there is always that kind of filter of... And until you die and return to the oneness of the universe... Right. um, You... By existing, there is a barrier between you and the world you perceive. But, um, I mean, it's still... Don't let that take away from the fact that that's still fucking beautiful. Yeah, I am very lucky. Yeah. I do feel very good to have a person in my life. There's definitely a time where I'm like, I'll probably never, I'll never fully be able to trust or count on someone or whatever. So like to be in a place where I'm like, well, there's at least one person I really yeah. do fully, I can like give myself to and like believe in. And uh, trust that they will accept yeah you present to them right and they don't have to be perfect you know no one's we're all human beings so it's whatever but yeah i am very lucky i do understand that i might complain and bitch every single time you see me but uh i do understand that i am very lucky to be where i am yeah that's fair i was gonna say well now i feel like a dick saying that the times i feel the freest are when i'm on stage yeah i'm gonna say do better (laughs) we need more from you (laughs) I think, I'd, yeah, it's just, you know. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's uh, No, I get that. That's good. I think that's a really good thing. And I, th- I I will say, like, sometimes if I'm, like, riffing or something, not necessarily doing my set, like, the then flow, I Flow, when you're just yeah. like, this is, everything is about this moment. Yeah. When you don't, when you don't think about, when you don't think, like, oh, this is going pretty well, or, like, oh, this will be good for the tape, when you're just, like, like fucking, I was listening to an interview about a with a very famous comedian that, well, I won't mention, but we talked about because they were canceled. Yeah, um, I was in this this Louis interview, and he said like, when I do the best is when, or what I try to do when I'm doing stand up about whatever, is the only thing I'm thinking about is what I'm talking about. So he's sure, like, if I'm doing a bit about cows, I'm thinking about how I feel about cows. Sure, and um. And so, yeah, I try to do... It sucks that he has such good advice, because I fucking hate him. Dude, um, really... Besides really... the... I, there's so much <laughs> that I won't talk about on camera, <laughs> but, like, I really don't like him. For real? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you later, but... Okay. Yeah. But that is good advice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's, the thing. that's what sucks. You like, know? TJ Miller had, like... Oh, yeah. There's another person I yeah. hate, but I'm like... There's... He had something, I don't know, I think he did, like, did a special in, like, Idaho or something a long time ago. And I think there's, like, some line, or maybe he told people this, but I was just like, this is a special, no other crowd will be here. Like, yeah. we'll never have this moment again. Yeah. Like, you understand how special this is? Yeah. And I really try to hold on to that when yeah. I perform. Yeah. And that's when I feel like I'm at my best, is, like, present and understanding about how special the moment is. Um, like almost having like a reverence for yeah. like the uniqueness of like this event. And now that you say that, I feel like I actually the last couple of weeks maybe I've gotten away from that a little bit. But, um, yeah, it is uh, very interesting. Great advice from terrible people. Right, that's a good podcast. Yeah. This is a good podcast. That's, <laughs> that's also a good yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and you know we've kind of touched upon it like in various spots like throughout this but the idea of you know this kind of paradox of like the most special you know moments are exactly that like moments they're ephemeral they're like you almost inherent in like the creation of something like that is the knowledge that it 
can't be that way forever. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, a lot of life is suffering, but there are these moments, you know, uh, where everything aligns and you're locked in and you, you know, either see or experience like this little nugget of your life where, you know, the seas calm or someone gets, you know, some gets raised up and you're like, holy fuck, like either I aspire to be that or like you see for a brief second, like, oh, that's what all this shit is about, Mm -hmm. you know? And almost inherent in that existing is like, you can't do that. For, you can't go, oh, that's what this shit is about for 70 years. Right. It's just there and then it's gone and then, you know, you. Well, maybe you can't. I actually, I think I I have a little bit of that mindset with life. It's just like, this is fleeting. This doesn't last forever. Yeah. I don't think I take advantage of it. I, I am cognizant of it, but I don't think I like live my life in a way that is uh, appreciative of that fact enough. Because it is like, for all we know, this is all we have. Yeah. Like maybe, even if we come back after you die, or even if you go to hell or you go to heaven, why did I say go to hell first? first. <laughs> it's wild. That's, yeah. You know where I'm trying to go. Yeah. Uh, That's where most of us go. Even if there's some different plane of existence after this, it won't be exactly like this. Or I guess if it's like a loop of some sort, you don't understand that you get to live it over and over and over again, right? So this is really all you have. So you should, why don't we treat it as, you have to treat it as such. So that could be 70 years. That yeah. could be 15 minutes. That it's could like, be when you're, that second you're born, it could be, you know, you die at 12. That's, why, what is wrong with me? <laughs> but. Some people do. I, I think once you're aware of that, I think it's a really, I think it behooves you. It's a better, it's a better way to live. Yeah. To be like, this is all I have. It's hard to do. It's very hard to do. It's hard to do. Gotta you know, let go of fear. Gotta let go of a lot of things to open yourself up to living that way. Yeah. You have to undo a lot of learning. Or we're, we're programmed in, we're in ways we don't even, ways we never chose. Yeah. We are programmed to be afraid of so much and like uh, learn in specific ways or whatever. And to like to undo that is like I don't know if this will. You've talked about before, but you've been, you've been in therapy since like yeah. nine. Yeah. So like, think of all the tools you have that go towards you know viewing and living life in a different way than exactly. you were. And I still struggle, right? Mightily to undo that. Yeah. It's um, yeah, and I'm, and I've been in front of the shrink for almost twenty years. It's crazy, but yeah, it's it's a very difficult thing to do, and it's. But it's fucking beautiful when you see it. Right. You know? Um, that's what we're trying to do, I guess. But you know what's so funny about this conversation? Right. I'm sitting here and I'm like, you got to be free. You got to be present. You got to be in the moment. And then I'm also like, are we taking too long? Like, is Dan <laughs> locked in his room? Like, I feel like, you know, are we imposing? Uh, like, uh, that is yeah. quintessentially who I am yeah. as a person. I'm like, I can say the words and do believe them and understand them. But I do have another part of my brain that's like, yeah, but like we're kind of being a burden, yeah. right? The duality right. of Ben Katzner. <laughs> Album title. Yep. You're a better person than I. I was like, fucking dance fine. No, I'm, <laughs> but also I am also like staring at the clock and be like, okay, is this. I mean, is your pro- you can end this whenever you want. I know, but I don't want to. It's been such a good hang. Stop. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> Shut um, up. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it is something that a lot of people. You know, uh, whether in their level of awareness of that varies, but I think a lot of people are aiming to be, to feel that, to feel free. But their idea of what it takes to achieve that is probably like the the tainted thing where it's like people think, oh, I'll be happy and free if I have a lot of money. Sure. I'll be happy and free if I achieve these things. And it's like, nah, man. Sometimes those are only just a type of freedom. Like, yeah. a lot of money is like, okay, I've obtained financial. It, it, actually, freedom doesn't even feel like the right Stabil- word. It's still, like, yeah, stability. Because you do still have to pay taxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're not just like, well, I have a billion dollars. I have no rules. Like, you probably yeah. have fewer rules than the rest of us. You have less, like, hard rules, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're still missing the big yeah, the big thing. And your dick is still small. So, yeah. you know, like, fuck you, Elon. Yeah, come on. 
We all know your dick looks like your face. <laughs> Show us your dick, you weird boy. <laughs> Show us your weird Twitter, dick. You weirdo. <laughs> it's just a lizard. It's just the it's just the Geico gecko. I imagine a fleshy patch that's been shaved and tattooed with just Grimes' face on it. Wow. That's what I think a lot of. Wow. And then it pees out of the mouth. This is a little something I've been thinking about. <laughs> oh man, that's so gross. <laughs> Visceral. Yeah. yeah. That's why he picked her. It looked like that before he met her. Yeah, he's like, this is crazy. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> I got to show you yeah. my fleshy patch. <laughs> because she's, she's like a fairy wood nymph. She's like, oh, I would love to play in your fleshy yeah. patch. And he's like, you say that now, but when yeah. people see the fleshy patch, they get a little perturbed. You got to understand. And she's like, like I'm, doing okay. this. I'm doing this for a very specific reason with you. <laughs> she sees it. She's like, we must have children yeah. together. <laughs> we must breed. <laughs> And then they make whatever their kids make. Yeah, I couldn't think of the name, the so Greek I had to stop the, stop the riff short there. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. I had to also. <laughs> um, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on social media online, at Shaq Katzner, Shaq like the basketball player, Katzner, K-A-T-Z-N-E-R. Um, uh, Instagram, I've been, like we talked about before, I'm trying to post clips. Uh, you can see stuff there. You can find out where I'm doing shows. And uh, I do have stuff coming up that I, I guess technically I'm not allowed to do. I might, I might be doing a very cool thing or I might have been fired from it. I don't know. But <laughs> if it comes out, uh, that's where you'll know about it. And then okay. my YouTube is the same thing, at Jack Cash. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. Ben Kastner, thank you so much. Thanks for, for having me, dog. It was great. Talk to me. I appreciate you. I mean, suck toast. We can just end it. We can okay. just end it. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did it.